Thank you for choosing to join me for episode number 19 of Kansas City Food Memories. My special guest today is Josh Hodap from Dean and DeLuca. He joins Toby and I. We f- reflect back on some of the things that really made Dean and DeLuca so special. Was it the food, the service, the products, kind of what was going on, and maybe what we can um, bring back from the old Dean and DeLuca days. Sit back and enjoy, and please remember that this is a podcast presentation of a live radio show, so do not call in when prompted or text in when prompted. Look forward to uh, getting your feedback on this show and anything else that we do. Be sure to tell your friends to follow us on any of the podcast providers. Thank you very much and enjoy. Well, good morning, Kansas City, and welcome to Kansas City Food Memories, where we take you on a stroll down memory lane and share stories and memories of our favorite restaurants from the 80s and 90s. Some of the stories go directions that we never envisioned, uh, which is, I think, half the fun of this show. More than half. Yeah. Oh, we, we can never predict what direction it's no, going to go. No, and that's all of them have been amazing shows. Yeah, and what's funny, I've talked to some people that when they do shows, radios, they have everything scripted out for the next, like, two, two three months. And mm-hmm. neither one of us are like that. It's like, no, it's, it's, that's not how I have conversations we with people and two friends. two or three hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we make this up as we go. <laughs> and it's, um, I've never, I never talked to the guests ahead of time. Because it's just I don't want to want it to sound rehearsed, and I, I kind of like the mystery finding out what's going to happen. Me too, and stuff like that. So what's happening today? Well, today we're going to talk about Dean and Deluca. Before I get to that, let me let's go through a couple little housekeeping on here. The phone number for today's show is nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Most of you listening should have that programmed into your phone already. And yes, I say it that fast because it's just like nails on a chalkboard to Toby. Hearing a phone number that fast. Mm-hmm. But we do things a little quicker here. But that's the same phone number for all the stations on 98.1. So put that in your phone. If you want to text in an answer or a question, you're welcome to do that. I'll read the screen as possible. And what's the text number? It's the same one. Nine, what is that? 913-586-7798. So we'll be able to do that. Today's show is made possible. It's sponsored by Best Regards Bakery and Cafe which I know a little bit about because that's the, the business that my wife and I have had now for 30 years. This is their 30 year, 30th anniversary well, of the business. Well, congratulations. And so if, um, if you want information on the show or about us, go to makethemsmile.com. And also write this down. If you have a question or you have a lead for me on, I don't know, the Golden Ox, Gold Buffet, Patricio's, some of those old restaurants, you know somebody used to work there, shoot me an email. My personal email is robert at makethemsmile.com. What's your personal phone number? Um, I, I'll, I'll pull it up in just, a, on a, in just a moment. I'll give them your phone number, Toby. This is a two-way street here. So we'll be able to do that for you. So today, I'm excited about today's show. Um, I, have my, I have a very special guest. Now, I, I want to tell a quick story real quick. We've been in business for 30 years. Sherry started her business as a corporate gift basket business 30 years ago. She catered specifically to businesses, Had a started off in a 2,000-square-foot warehouse, moved up a little bit, and it's um, we've gone through a lot of – she's gone through a lot of changes over that time. And I remember sometime about 2000, I don't know, 2002 or 2003, something like that, we were watching Food Network at home. And they were doing some show, and they were showing some lady who owned a business, a fancy cookie business. And it showed how she went to Williams-Sonoma, 
She goes, you know what? I'm going to try to sell corporate. So she went to Williams-Sonoma, did a presentation, and they said, sure. And the rest, and that was in the first four minutes of the show, the rest of the hour show was her um, dealing with situation that William Sonoma said, sure, we'll sell cookies. We'll put it in her catalog, do this. She had no idea what she was doing. She had no idea how to make that many cookies. She had no idea how to ship that many cookies. She had nothing. She had thought through none of it. And I remember Sherry was so upset, and she goes, we're working her tails off. We plan everything else. We know what we're doing. Why in the world would she go and try to do something like that and not have a clue what she's doing? And she's doing. And I said, um, she goes, she's we still could, that way. Yeah. When Sherry goes, you know, <laughs> we could do so much better than that. And so we're just sitting at home. I said, hand me the phone. So this is before cell phones, all that kind of stuff, right? I say, hand me the phone. She goes, what are you going to do? She goes, I'm going to call Dean and DeLuca. She goes, not, not right now. You know, this is like Sunday night. And so shortly after that, I did approach Dean and DeLuca. And I remember going in there and I met with, um, with Josh and Jeremiah. And they both sat down and I showed them my cranberry orange cookies or chocolates that I thought for sure they'd put in their catalogs and everywhere else. And, and Josh looked and he goes, oh, I don't think we need another chocolate. What else do you got? And so I pulled out some tea cookies. You always have to have a plan. But he goes, I love it. We'll take it and put it in the store. So what did that, that changed the whole nature of who we were and what we did. For every Saturday for a year, I handed out free samples at Dina DeLuca in Leewood. Every Saturday for really? a year. Okay. Yes. And I basically, I crammed probably about four years of experience and learning into just that, that short time. And it was just the, the person who made that possible was Josh Hodap. Do you remember that, Josh? I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. When you came in and, and uh, it's always funny when you have to reject something because you oh, have yeah. so many of another thing, but you, you immediately had great things to offer. And, oh yeah. And it was, it was just absolutely off to the races. Yeah, anytime you're in sales, you can't take it personal, you know, it's just, but you got to be prepared. Yeah. What else you got? Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I got this. And I remember going back, she goes, well, did they like the chocolate? I said, no, he wasn't impressed at all with the cranberry orange chocolate. And, and she goes, well, why are you smiling? She goes, well, they're buying tea cookies. She goes, you took tea cookies with you? <laughs> and we sold so Oh, my so gosh. Many of we did so cookies. much on that. And, and, and we brought the chocolates in later. Oh, yeah. 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 And ended yeah. up doing well with them. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, it's, it's okay, so you were with Dean and DeLuca, and it's um, usually m- most of the businesses we talk about are local family-owned businesses. Um, you're an exception. I, I would compare you to, we had, um, Ed Holland from EBT on, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, absolutely fantastic restaurant and hit, that was a little bit different cause that was corporate owned, but he was the personality of EBT. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, he, as the GM, he set the tone for everything that they did, the products they did, the level of service, the passion that people still talk about EBT. Um, it, it's amazing. It's like they were still here. And what's, what's, what's really ironic about Dean and DeLuca is that you guys had a specialty gourmet food store that was unparalleled, un, unparalleled anywhere from San Francisco to New York City. Absolutely. And it was here Absolutely. in Kansas City. Well, it was, it was one of them here in Kansas City. And mm-hmm. it's funny that you, you talk about the local yeah. connections and yeah. the smaller you know, things like that with, with them being... Kansas, but we had that connection because the owner of Dean and DeLuca was a Kansas boy. Yeah. You know, and, and a very successful liquor, you know, liquor distributorship with standard beverage and, right. and, and had expanded into California with wineries and stuff. But 
you know, it almost felt like we were that local one because of so many local connections and the people that knew him and knew the business and, and had those expectations. So it did keep us on our feet because we weren't just some corporate store stuck in Kansas City yeah. that was attached to all these other things. So it was nice to be that. And we had a lot of support here in Kansas City because of that and and all of those relationships. So it was kind of fun with that. Yeah, because some of the foods and the ingredients that you carried was not, I mean, this is really predating, you know, internet sales. I mean, you know, as a business and corporately, but, but also in Kansas, we really, we were way ahead of the curve. We were yeah. always out looking and we were years ahead of what became mainstream when you think yeah. about those things. I mean, they always went back to the seventies with radicchio and balsamic vinegar right. and stuff that people had never heard of, never eaten, never tried outside of their regions or in their families because they had that. But in Kansas City, on top of not being San Francisco or Napa Valley or New York or D.C. with an international population or the, you know, the level and density of foodies and adventuring mm-hmm. people, we, we really had to get smart and we had to change and adjust. And that was the, the first couple of years were really a struggle for that store. Yeah. You know, and, and it, honestly, it was it was probably going to close. And we made some adjustments and we said, hey, we need more local. We need more things that you know, the broader audience in Kansas City will engage with. And we did. We we found some really cool things and we helped, you know, build some other small businesses and, and folks like you with your products yeah. that, you know, uh, I always hate to say it's like maybe they wouldn't have been considered if you'd have walked into New York at that oh, time. Without a doubt. But through the entry in Kansas City, and that's what I love about stories like yours mm-hmm. is that by coming into our store, getting into our store, having such success, demoing, sampling, building mm-hmm. those relationships, learning what it was. I mean, how many products did you end up selling in other gift baskets and oh, things like that 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 did become oh, nationwide, right. oh, not yeah. just the oh, Kansas no, we, City store? We learned at one point we had 450 gourmet food shops in the, around the country carrying our product. Yeah. And it was just what you what you did was you became an incubator for local businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's well, you, there's two sides of it to me. The impact you had on local food scene, you helped a lot of small businesses like us, and you know, and if and if we didn't have the skills, you know, a lot of people around here weren't as bad as that that lady who sold cookies to to William Sonoma. <laughs> Hard lessons. But a lot of people have a dream and a passion for a product, but yeah. they don't understand the process to make it work. Yeah. And you did a lot to help people understand that. I think I was probably more passionate about helping those businesses. Honestly, you know, running running Dean and Luca and and doing that day to day was important and it was fun and it was uh, it, it kept my days full for oh, sure. Yeah. But boy, when somebody would come in with that new product or yeah. that or that idea and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this," and I'd go, "Well, let's work on that." And and there was a couple of examples of that. Obviously, you know. Big Phil with his candied pecans, oh, which yeah. says, "Oh, we've been making these at Christmas for years, and I've yeah. always thought that'd be fun." And, and uh, you know, boom! And and I mean, people are still making those on their own. He's not around, He's not doing that anymore, and nobody right. is. But you know, we figured it out, and we ended up taking those nationwide. Oh, they yeah. were in little tins and bags and all that, so it was fun to see that. But he was in there demoing product, and 
And then uh, I don't know if you know John Umstead from Yummy Licious Cookies, mm-hmm. you know, and and that was one where him and I we were literally at a at a you know kind of prayer group on his back deck with a bunch of guys from church and hanging out, and he had these great cookies. I said, "Man, those are great cookies." Yeah. I said, "Could I get the recipe?" And he says, "No, you know, my wife's worked on these for a long time, and we always said because they were healthy and you know all the all the whole grains and natural sugars and all this stuff, you know." And uh, it, it was just really good. And I said, oh, I'd like to rescue. And he says, oh, we always thought maybe, maybe at some point we'd do something. I said, well, let's put put your money where your mouth is. Let's yeah. go. I've got a venue to sell them. And whew, boom, you know, well, I, we, I, we started selling them. And, and, you know, he went and found the kitchen and rented the space. And now he's doing some other things. But th- those are the things that I just love watching happen. Yeah. You know, even if it's not a tried and true product that they've done somewhere else, but to help them figure out and try right. new things and give them the audience that, that you know, if, was their jumping off point. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people talk about how the food scene is so different here in Kansas City than other towns in the Midwest that are our size are a little bit bigger. You know, the local, the restaurant, and the food scene is not just the products like like that, that you see in stores, but the restaurant scene. And I really, you know, looking back at it, and since we've been doing the show, I think, you and Dean DeLuca and what you did with the, how you use Dean DeLuca as a tool to help the local scene, I think has a lot to do with that because there's a lot of small food places that, that got established. You gave them the courage to, to, to follow their dreams. Cause I remember being there on Saturdays that, I mean, after a few weeks, I knew where everything was in the store. You know, I'd help people find and you stuff. Were helping pe- oh yeah. yeah. But then, um, there, there would always be one or two other people sampling on Saturday, mm-hmm. and they were scared to death when they started. I'd, and you'd uh, calm them down. Yeah, I'd and calm say, them down. So, okay. well, here's what you can do. The customers are nice. <laughs> You're going to get feedback. And I yeah. said, the only advice I give you is to listen. You know, you don't have to change in response to everybody, but listen to what they're saying. No, yeah, and, and over the years, you saw people change their labels, yeah. and you saw them change yeah. their boxes oh, yeah. and their pack sizes, and maybe yeah. adjusting the size of what their products were. Or, you know, my thing, and I, I still love it. And I was working in the barbecue space for a number of years after that, and and people would come in and they'd have this one thing, and I'd say, you need three. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got to have three oh, yeah. for the shelf space. And I'm sure I had that yeah. conversation oh, with yeah. you, and you had a product yeah. lineup that we were able to fill up yeah. way more than what yeah. we probably needed yep. to begin but i always say hey people need a little variety they need some selection you need to dominate yep. your shelf space a little bit yeah. you need right you got to have the regular one the spicy one and then the the kind of the oddball one yeah. the thing that won't be the best seller but it's going to be the one that gets you in the news and recognized in the magazines it's yeah. much like the thousand dollar burger at the yeah. restaurant in vegas right everybody went to the restaurant with the thousand dollar burger in vegas what'd yeah. you get i got the twelve dollar mushroom swiss burger <laughs> yeah. right yeah. i didn't get yeah. the one with the caviar yeah. and the foie gras and the yeah. gold foil and all that sort of stuff but you know that's what they're recognized for so that it's it's like you get that thing that gets you noticed and maybe your workhorse is some other yeah. product that's going to sell millions of units yeah so th- th- let's Let's switch over to the second half of what you did. The the, the other part was you working with local chefs. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I think you changed the scene on that because for chefs, you know, there's, you know, they have their skills that they learn somewhere, but, you know, and, that, and you can make good food, but you've got to have great ingredients. And you had ingredients in your store that, that I, th- there's no comparison in, in, in these two time zones. You know, on, on what you like, you had a, a bottle of how much was your most expensive balsamic? Oh, I think we had one that was upwards of three hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a bals- balsamic vinegar and aged yeah. balsamic vinegar. I was so lucky; I got to I got to enjoy oh. those things. Or yeah. sometimes we'd but have you know, a label I, that got wrecked. And I remember that ended up at home with me. Oh yeah, and, I mean, how many chefs did you work out work with 
back then and the, helping. That was one that was so much fun is seeing these folks come in and browse the shelves and look at things. And, it, yeah. and you know, small scale local chefs just looking for interesting you know, inspiration yeah. or different ingredients and, and things like that, which was great. So I'd get to engage with them or, yeah. or they'd come in and, and uh, you know, have lunch or all that. And, I, I you know, I'd always, you know, Michael Smith, he'd, he'd come say, in and I'd chat with him and Carl Ford Thompson, you know, and some of those, just the different ones as they progressed. And even some of them, uh, uh, think about Taylor Petron right? 1900 Barker. He, you know, he started working there. So again, similar, he was around these ingredients and got to try and he worked in the candy department and then he worked in the kitchen and then he progressed and, and went on to work with Colby and some of these other things out there. But, you know, as, as these chefs around town were doing it and it was, and it was great because that was small scale and interesting, but on a larger scale also, Applebee's corporate was right up the road yeah. and we'd get all these guys in there in their jackets. They'd be in town from all over and they were the, you know, science development chefs and the research chefs and their creative guys. And they'd be in browsing our shelves in between sessions looking for different things. And I'd always chat them up. Hey, what are you guys working on? What's interesting? What are you, what are you focused on? What's the next couple of years look like? Cause I knew that they were looking at ingredients on our shelf and it was going to become things two years from now. I mean, that's yeah. how long some of their cycles are and getting ahead because not everything yeah. can be, uh, you know, mainstream that quickly and, yeah. and incorporated into their menus. But yeah, we, we did. And I just loved being able to engage with those folks and, and see them in the store shopping well, for those ingredients and helping them. And I remember being in DC, I, I actually did a couple of stints on the East coast when I was the GM here working and Brian Voltaggio from oh, top yeah. chef, he came oh, in yeah. and he was looking for some specific olive oil. I mean, just absolutely specific. We didn't have that one, but I stood there and talked to him about olive oils for quite some time and chatted about what we did have and gave him the, you know, the interesting facts about all the different ones that we had and what attributes and characteristics and all that. And that was, that was the education that I always loved is knowing all oh, those yeah. different things about the, about the products and to have an educated conversation with them and guide them to the right thing for the characteristics that they were looking yeah. for. But so, even on that level. Yeah, during the show, you know, the, the premise of the show originally was to talk about restaurants from the 80s and 90s yeah. that disappeared. And everybody, when we first started, said, oh, that was the good old days. You know, as as if they're gone forever. That was the golden <laughs> age, and it because back then that's when you had the Applebee's, the Chi-Chi's. You had all those national chains that killed a lot of those small locally owned businesses. But then, you know, I think that you, part of the role that Dean DeLuca and you played was to help nurture these people that had dreams of doing their own local restaurants. Right. You know, and part right. of that you need the you need training, but that's uh, they can get that anywhere. But f knowing that they can find inspiration and ingredients locally meant that they could stay here and not go to Atlanta or Chicago or New York or San Francisco and things like well, that. Well, and it was it was really an amazing resource for Kansas City to be able to have all those things here that you couldn't find. And there was there's other little pockets of things, right? Whole Foods mm -hmm. was entering the market, and they had a few things, and Better Cheddar's always done a nice job on the plaza with, I mean, cheese, geez, it was tough competing against them because they just oh, did yeah. a fabulous job and, and other things like that. So there were little pockets of things, but what we brought – was, you know, a, a much broader assortment, a very sophisticated assortment. And then we also, we knew our products too yeah. and the education. I mean, the training and just listening to the stories of those people on our phone calls as a company and learning about different yeah. things and working with vendors to learn about them. We, we wanted to be the experts and we wanted to be able to answer the questions. And you had, and that was really, again, that was before the internet. 
I mean, now you can Google and do a lot of research. You can learn an amazing amount of information out there. I think how hard we used to work oh, yeah. to learn things, and now it's in our pocket yeah. with a second. And I I mean, it's kind of the fake it till you make it. Well, I, I can wing it because it's in my pocket. I can find all this information right now, where it's yeah. produced, what the, what the ingredients are, all that type of stuff. And I remember how we used to have to search for that or call yeah. the vendors or, or you know, go through the training sessions yeah. with different folks. All right, oh. so Dean DeLuca was the, you know, it started. The first one was what in California? New York, actually. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Okay. So, so the brief history: it started in New York in 1977. Joel Dean, Giorgio, it's mm-hmm. so funny coming back to this because I don't know how many thousands and thousands of times I, you know, had to parrot this stuff back with people telling the story. And and they, one was a, a school teacher and one was a, a book publisher, and they were just were super super passionate about food, mm-hmm. and they opened a cheese shop, and then that ended up expanding into a larger space in in new york and soho and it was that time again mm-hmm. when warhol and basquiat in soho where it was all these mm-hmm. kind of starving artists and and they were just this resurgence and they needed a place to eat and buy food so they were all about the best of the best and and that always was their thing it was the best of the best and and i just remember some of the arguments about different products that were not allowed for different reasons sometimes mm-hmm. it was personality conflicts with them because they were big and other times it was just it was too mass produced or it you know i remember having arguments with our buyers and merchants and things about jams jellies preserves and all that and you know what we would allow for ingredients or use of pectin and all that so we had a really big mm-hmm. uh, a big list of standards that we could go into so they uh, expanded to Washington, D.C. and Georgetown in this beautiful historical market building. And then from there, they sold the company to Leslie Rudd in 96, I believe. And he then expanded into Napa Valley because he had a winery out okay. there. And he had some, so he was headquartered out there. And so he had one in Napa Valley. And then they uh, built Charlotte, North Carolina and Kansas City. And that was all kind of a very fast run as far as I that went that in his expansion. nationally probably laughed at the decision to put one in Kansas City. Uh, you know, it was, and again, pre-internet, oh, yeah. so yeah. there wasn't as much. I, I think people questioned it, but, you know, it wasn't on such a broad scale that you could do it like you can now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was it was an interesting, but it was a test because what we proved is it could do well in yeah. a Midwestern you know, mid-sized, what they consider a secondary yeah. market. And it and it actually boomed and did really well. Yeah. Now, that was also, it wasn't because it was a grocery store and a market like it was in New yeah. York where people weren't coming in to buy their milk and their eggs, yeah. right? So but, how, but prepared on, foods. And, how much, what was the percentage of sales for the catering and the food that you prepared compared to the... Oh, pre- if you looked at just goods. prepared foods in that store, it was, you know, 50%. Yeah. And that didn't include catering. Catering is another. And I, and again, I mean, it, everything's gone now, so I can share that. But, you know, when I took it over, it was, I think we did $4 million in the first year yeah. when I took it over. And we grew it to eight point one. How much million. did you do for Thanksgiving? I'll never forget Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. It was... How many trucks would you bring in in the back? Well, we'd have that the full-size semi-trailer yeah. in the back just for turkey dinners and all that. Was I that remember your standing back there. Yeah, thanks, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and Christmas. And Thanksgiving because it's all in one day. Yeah. Christmas is over the course of several days because yeah. you've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, people are picking up. And they're celebrating on the weekend before, the weekend after. So it spreads it out over that. But Thanksgiving was just nuts. And I remember all those years, all the hard work that... 
you know, Kevin and Rick and Rob and mm-hmm. Brandon and all these teams of people that are, I, I could go on and on about all the alumni that worked so hard. So everybody who I'm not mentioning today, I'm, I apologize, but, but everybody worked so hard. And I remember it was such a great team. We'd always take our, our photo in front of prepared foods mm-hmm. and all that. And I'd always just, you know, we wore chef's coat and all that. I put a tie on those days and I did nothing but stand up front and direct yeah. traffic, yeah. literally go, you go to the next register, you go to the next register. And, and I remember one year we did valet parking, you know, just to keep the parking lot rotating right. faster and all that. But it was just so crazy. But, you know, you'd, you'd do $100,000 in a day yeah. with people picking up their stuff, but then just shopping in general. And then you had all the people who were like, oh, I've got family in town. Yeah. We need to go have coffee well, you know, and cookies and grab a macaroon when you and first hang out like that. The whole concept of a little uh, small grocery store, especially food store with prices that high, and then turn around making food. You know, I mean, the people's like, what are you doing? You know, but it's just the, the quality of the food that you guys made, the sandwiches, salads. Which should you do more in, salads or sandwiches? You know, that was that was it was a huge amount and I think it kind of traded back and forth. Mm-hmm. They were, they were pretty close as far as it went. And, and there was so much, but, but right next to it, the soup station. Mm-hmm. And I always joke that if all I had as a business was the soup station at Dean and Luke, I could have put both of my kids through college. Really? Soup what was the, was the biggest, oh, Thomas Shaw, anything Thomas made. And he was, he was a retired army guy he was the okay. uh, african-american fellow in the kitchen that everybody loved and he's he's still running around i still every once really? in a while trade a trade a text with him and i think i think he's fully retired now but he's been out cooking maybe he's still working but he he just put so much love into all of his soups and he he had these recipe cards that he yeah. followed and what was and, the bestseller and all that you know the two what bestsellers. i think i i'm i'm not sure there were so many that rotated through but the gumbo that we would do and then we did this cheeseburger soup with potatoes in it that, and I remember Rob would always joke about it, just this heart attack in a bowl, but that was the stuff that was so good. But, but I would say, I'm, we may get somebody to call in and go, I think your best was, but I'm telling you, we just, we rotated through so many different things, but the amount of business we did in okay. soup alone, just by the pint Okay, hold and on a second. It was huge. Okay, um, let me take a quick break. So for uh, all you listeners out there, we're going to open up the phone lines. So Rocco, so open up phone lines. That phone number again is 913-586-7798. So if you absolutely loved Dean DeLuca and you missed their salads or their soups, this was a, a plan come up. Uh, tell me what soup you miss. And um, um, Josh, if you can hook me up with Thomas. Yeah. Thomas Shaw. Yeah. I want to talk with him, and I want to bring back one or two of the soups, if, right. if, if he's willing. I'll connect you. Good, because I, I, I did this with uh, Costello's Greenhouse. Their Italian wedding soup was their bestseller. Oh yeah, we we brought that back with their recipe update. Just a couple of little changes, but we brought that back, and people absolutely loved it. I'll bet there's some recipe cards floating. Oh yeah, no, we could. Um, so we'll talk on that one. <laughs> so if you if you want to call in, the number again is nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. When you call in, please be patient. EJ has about what? How many phone lines, Toby? Eight that can come in. Eight. Eight. So there's eight phone lines. So if it rings, just be patient. Just let it go. Let it ring. Let it ring. Yeah, let it ring if you want to get in. So we'll be able to do that. So we'll we'll, we'll, uh, talk about that. On the salads, if um, if you don't remember, you go when Dean Blue, you had a well, it wasn't an open to the public salad bar. 
But no, you, we made them made for them you. To order. We actually put all the ingredients, in, and that was what was new and different and unique about that yeah. is that all the ingredients were there, and and we built it and tossed it in a bowl and put it in the box, all nice. And that was that was what was special is you didn't have to build it yourself. And we had all the signature ones, but then you could customize as you did. But the theater of it, I mean, yeah. it was so much more fun, and you didn't yeah. have to worry about going through this, you know, buffet-style salad bar line. Yeah, well, you don't know about... Um, so on during the show, you know, people talk about Costello's Greenhouse, the, the first um, salad bars. You know, yeah. there, there's been some amazing salad bars, some local, some national. Um, Sweet Tomatoes had a great one. There's a super salad chain that was out at Oak Park Mall. But, you know, the days of the open-to-the-public salad bar, I think, are gone forever. You know, there's there's some of that, and I just think that so many of them, it's it's unfortunate because there are just so many pedestrian examples. So yeah. when you get something great, and Sweet Tomatoes was one of those, we love to go there. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, I, they I did They had too. a lot of variety, they had high quality, and, and they did it, a good and job. And so what's funny, I love there because they had um, the salads. I could pick whatever I wanted on my salad. Everybody yeah. has two or three ingredients that yeah. they really miss. And then they had great soups. Yeah, uh, my my one of my my number one my head chef used to work there, help making some of their soups. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So that, that's a lot of fun. So you don't know this, and I haven't announced it yet, but um, starting next weekend, we're going to do a virtual salad bar at at best best regards. Awesome. And so we're yeah. going to have. I'm not going to build it in the front. I don't have the space for that right now. If it works, I'll I'll, I'll move it like you guys did. But we're going to have 81 ingredients that so you can Ooh. pick whatever you want. You know, and we make, uh, right now, we make, I think, 11 salad dressings from scratch. I'm going to add four more. I love that you do all that. Oh, I yeah, mean, we do it all from scratch. You just absolutely 100%. carried the torch on so many yeah. of those things. And you just always were like, nope, we're going to figure it out. We're going to yeah. do it right. We're going to do it ourselves. But we're going to make it from were, scratch. We're and, the, a, a big part of the inspiration for that because yeah. I got to see every single week, you know, that, I mean, your prices were expensive. I mean, without a it doubt. It was a good value for the quality that you got. Yeah, well, you don't He's, work there anymore. You see I mean, it me wake at Toby over yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, but it was expensive. Yes, we were high, but, but you know, for again, for the quality and all that, Absolutely. when people go expensive, well, I mean, that's it's kind of a, it's not a term I ever like to do. I'd say, hey, for what you're getting, it was really good. But, yeah, the, no. the prices were high. Yeah. I remember people sometimes, oh, no, they'd the, come the, in and pick up a piece of cheese and they'd, like, laugh out loud. Yeah. But, you know, that's but, what – but people would usually follow, say, okay, it's expensive going there, but you know that it's the best lettuce you yeah. can get. It's clean, yeah. cut correctly. All the salad dressings are made from scratch. All yeah. the soups are made from scratch. And I, I, that we we live our life like that, Sherry and I. I mean, we, we – I, I never – I've never designed anything to a price point. So, yeah. you know, whether a sandwich or uh, a salad if dressing or salad, they will come, yeah. right? Well, you know, it, it, the price is what it is. If people think it's worth it, then great. If not, then, then we just don't make it. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, that's kind of the attitude you guys have. And it's, you know, it, it's – Sherry and I think we've underestimated the influence that you and your team at Dean Luca had on us. Well, I think – and, again, in that vein, you talk about uh, expensive or high-priced, mm-hmm. that, that soy-glazed Chilean sea bass that oh, we yeah. sold in prepared foods. I mean – Forty forty five dollars a pound. Yeah, right. How many things are you buying that are forty yeah. forty five dollars a pound? And we couldn't keep enough made. It was a bestseller. It was it was you know in that top ten, top fifteen for dollars, but just units moved and things like that. I mean, people weren't complaining about that. Yeah, it was so good. 
Oh, they had no issues. You know, even though we were in the business, we were there. I mean, we would buy a, a sandwich or a, a big salad, and we would walk in out. Was, I can't believe I just spent forty dollars on that. Yeah, but we absolutely loved it. And when we had to have the quality that we wanted, that's where we went. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's just it's all relative. It was great being attached to that, and that was that was my thing. Is it was always great knowing that I was in an organization that cared and that had high quality, and so we could argue that all the time yeah say hey it's not about the cheapest thing and yeah we pass that price on we needed to make money too and what's interesting i think in the 10 years that i worked with you guys as as a vendor and, and being there and as a customer i think that you guys your kansas city the leewood location had more of an influence on the national stores than they had on you that was a little bit of a point of contention over the years because we trained and and we we fostered so many new products like yeah. that right that all we right. ended up pushing out oh, yeah. into other places and it didn't, you know, not everything fit the filter as well as what the merchants in the head office yeah. agreed, but they couldn't argue with sales. Right. So we'd get the executive team on our side to say, hey, if we can sell this many here, think of what they could do oh, in the I, others. I can't even imagine things the land on pushback the you got oh, from people it, from I New York. had some battles, and oh, yeah. it was... It was a blast because we usually won because sales typically would win yeah. out. Every once in a while, they they wouldn't. But in the same vein, because we had such a great bench of people here and people that we were training and growing. I mean, we we had great high school kids, college kids, and and other folks who were trying to get out of food service or restaurants or things like that. And it was a better quality of life. But we trained and we had such a deep bench here that anytime there was an issue in another city. I could leave and know that everything was fine and I could go help out if they needed help or I could send people and know that I'd have a couple of department heads that, hey, we had enough bench built and we had enough training and, and people here that I could send others out. And I think there was a, a time, <laughs> there was there was one year where I think every store that we had had an AGM or a GM that had trained with me in right. Kansas City. So oh, it's yeah. always, yeah, we always had that, oh, you guys in Kansas City. And I was like, well, stop calling us every time you yeah. need help. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for the um, the listeners out there, um, the phone number is 913-586-7798. I know there's thousands of you, of you out there that have been whining for the last several years about you can't get a certain sandwich or a certain soup anymore because they're gone. This is your opportunity. If you can call in and um, influence Josh and I, um, I will bring back one or two of their soups and maybe a sandwich if you can make it present a good case. On the text line, <laughs> I've got somebody over here that wants me to bring back your Caprese sandwich, Ooh. which I am not going to do until I can get heirloom tomatoes. Yeah, you have to wait for good tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and we will do that. that I can get uh, locally grown um, Cherokee purple tomatoes. And we have a wonderful aged balsamic that we buy from Tasteful Olive in Old Overland Park. So when those come in, I will bring that sandwich back. We've done that in the past. And uh, other, somebody else is mentioning about your vinegars and oils, you know, that, that you had. I mean, our oil selection was just yeah. top notch as yeah. far as all the olive oils and things like that. And so we always we always had so many great ones. So it was, you know, what are you what are you what are you looking for yeah. and how can we make sure but there was the favorites. I mean, Olio Verde was one of those top sellers that people just loved. And it was that unfiltered and it had that sediment in the bottom. Yeah. And it just such a bright, bright green. It was, it was, it was you know, my the favorite. food scene has progressed so much because nowadays, you know, there's a couple of national chains that have oils and vinegars. Yeah. So you can go in, like I, I go to Tasteful Olive pretty often. You go in there and they have, I don't know, 20 or 30 different olive oils yeah. and vinegars. 
Well, and and it's become more mainstream too, right? You yeah. think about twenty yeah. years ago, people just using high quality olive oil, and and olive oil is one of those ugly places to live with counterfeits yep. and yep. all that. Maple syrup is another one of those where there's a lot yeah. of bad stuff out there, and you think about it. But there's there's so many great olive oils, and and again, that have different characteristics for different things, but. When when you just use a great olive oil as a dipper for bread or mm-hmm. as a dressing on salad with a you know a squeeze of lemon and and all that where you're actually enjoying it as its own ingredient its own player in yeah. there rather than just one of twenty ingredients in a salad dressing and that's where I I always I, I learned this appreciation to just have olive oil or balsamic vinegar yeah. or sherry vinegar and and the roles that they played and how you didn't need to emulsify all those things together, right. and a splash of this and a splash of that, man, you're, yeah. you're done. It's so on good. On those, it, it's, it makes a big difference where you get it from because, like you say, the counterfeits. You know, people don't understand, but with with olive oils and some of those, the the amount of counterfeit oils out there is just, you, you've got to buy from somebody you trust. It's unfortunate, and and really it, it does force you to say, hey, I need to buy something that's a little bit more money yeah. or from somebody who truly yeah. is reputable and you have to do your research and understand. And Because there there just was so much ugly stuff going on out there and, and yeah. still is. I mean, the value is just so high. If you can take something that should be selling for 5 or $6 and you can figure out a way to sell it for 20 or yeah. 30 I mean, criminals get up more card every day, and yeah. even in that space. Yeah. So if people wanting uh, olive oils and vinegars, we have a couple of choices there. When you were really going, uh, got started there. The only the cheeses. I mean, you changed uh, you and better cheddar. It was really us and better cheddar that yeah. that were there, and and they they had a. I think they always had a bigger assortment right. than yeah. us. Um, and we probably had a few. We took a few more risks than them. They mm-hmm. they did a lot. And they had all that foot traffic. We had to kind of fight for it out there. Yeah. But we took risks and we brought things in that were more. And you know, we were cracking wheels of Parmesan. Yeah. Actually, splitting wheels of Parmesan and and dealing with things like that. How, and how much did a whole wheel of Parmesan? Eighty pounds. And how much did it cost? Oh well. I mean, what would be retail? I mean, we sold them. I think. I think we were nineteen and twenty dollars a pound. So okay. you know, a whole wheel would have been fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah. If you just have walked you, Toby, in, Toby, have you ever seen them do that? Crack a wheel of Parmesan? No. I mean, it's it's really neat to, to look up a video. Well, on that. it's a whole yeah, it's a series of different chisels and knives that basically hmm. you go in because you have to score the rind because the rind is super super yeah. tough to get through, and then you have a couple of chisel looking knives that you pound in and you and you split and you just have to kind of work your way through, and then finally it pops right open. And you've just got this beautiful stuff. And then I tell you that first bite right out of the heart mm. and it's never seen it, never been in the air, nothing. And just the the theater of doing that, much like making fresh mozzarella, yeah. right? That yeah. we would do on Saturdays yeah. and pulling that fresh mozzarella out of that hot water and just making a little ball and handing it to people. Just like the the Parmesan. Those, yeah. are, those are the experiences where you didn't see that in a lot of other places. Yeah. And we did it. Did you bring some samples? No, oh, I wish. It's so gone. I, <laughs> yeah, I see gone. you're gone. over here yeah. eating sugar cookies, <laughs> yeah. though. I, I was listening on my drive in this morning, and you were talking about eating these dots. And I went, oh, he brought oh, some snacks. Oh, no, we've got a box. We, that Sherry put together a box for you. Oh, boy. We Love have it. some for you to Love take it. home. Just when I need more sweets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's, it's as, as consumer, the whole food scene's changed a lot, you know, from, from back then. So when you guys started, it was really you and better cheddar. 
Um, and then people, and it, and you had to teach people, you know, what all those different cheeses. Well, and we stood there and we let them taste and yeah. we talked to them. And, and it was it was so cool, all the stories that we got to tell about where they came from and how they were made and why they were one color versus another or how they were, you know, produced. And that was, that was again, the education and the training and just the yeah. knowledge. It was, it was so much fun. But that was, that was a fun place to stand during the holidays when people were looking for oh, something yeah. special. And the, and the charcuterie case too, yeah. right? All the different prosciuttos yeah. and the smoked salmons and, and, Given people a taste of prosciutto de parma, a taste of San Daniel, a taste of yeah. Serrano, and going, hey, all similar styles, different countries, different regions, and how they did taste different. They looked very similar in the case, but you'd go, oh, they, those they they taste different. They had yeah. different needs. And then with the introduction of Iberico years yeah. later at you know hundred hundred twenty five dollars yeah. a pound, and they were buying it, and and it was, but it, it, again, ethereal, life changing. Yeah. These things were that bite. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so good. You know what's so? I have another question for you. So it's if you look back back then, you had to teach people, but things weren't. They were eager to learn because you couldn't find the information, couldn't get samples. So in today's day and age, I I I'm curious what you think. I don't think that a place like Dean DeLuca would be able to compete in today's market, just because of the internet and online sales. They'd want to yeah. come get a sample from you to taste it, then they're going to buy it online. I, well, what do they call that? Uh, dressing shop, something. There's a term yeah. for that, dressing room yeah. Or, yeah. or something like that. Or, um, I think that's true, and yeah. I think that there's still space for it. But I think yeah. on the scale of which we did it, and that's why I think there's not a lot of examples of what we did, all yeah. of that in one place in the same way. And there's pockets where, like the cheese cases, even even Hy-Vee has a huge yeah. cheese assortment compared to what it used to be yeah. with, you know, little wheels of smoked Gouda yeah. and, and all that. They do a nice job in Whole Foods, obviously. But I think you're right. I think there's more and more. You know, food on the Internet, to me, is a little bit different. I think people do like to be able to buy it in person and see it come out of, yeah. you know, out of the jar, out of the tub, yeah. out of the case, whatever, as far as they're looking at it. And I think there's an experience and to be able to taste it. And I also think that th there becomes a situation where it's unique and interesting rather than such a commodity thing. Like a pair yeah. of jeans. yeah. Hey, if you're going to go in and try on a pair of yeah. jeans and then go on Amazon or some other yeah. place and find it cheaper, that's fine. You did it. But I think that if you're tasting it and trying it and you need it yeah. this weekend, you may as well buy it there. But I, I think you're right. I think there's yeah. there's a lot of opportunities to do it. I mean, there's there's just no figuring anymore. I mean, there's there's people that buy eyeglasses online. Oh, absolutely. All that which stuff. Makes no sense. I buy my I buy, I buy my Ponzu sauce online because yeah. I because you I know what you want. Well, I know what I want and it's yeah. it's a better deal and I and I can't find it in See, you're every part of the store. Well, I no, I had I was pushed <laughs> yeah. online because yeah. I used to be able to buy it in the I store. I know. And now I can't. And so there yeah. are some of those things that I get. And sometimes it's sometimes it's cheaper or but typically it's about availability. I would I would much rather yeah. just get it on my weekly yeah. grocery run if I could. All but. right, Josh, so I got a text on here. Uh this sounds absolutely horrible to me, but you can talk me into it or out of it. <laughs> There was a turkey, brie, and apricot mustard oh, sandwich. On sourdough bread. Okay. With leaf lettuce. So apricot mustard. That apricot mustard. So it was uh apricot preserves. Okay. And grain mustard. So and you mixed it. That we we took those two ingredients and we okay. put them together and mixed them together. And I think maybe there was a little uh, a little bit of kosher salt went okay. in there too. That was one of those things like the Chipotle mayo that was 
Yeah. You know, mayo, chipotle, a little lime. But that apricot brie sandwich, with the turkey and brie sandwich, right. was one of our top sellers. That really? thing was, uh, I mean, again, I always joked uh, okay, about I, the soups, but if if it was just one or two of those sandwiches over the course okay. of all those all right. years, millions of dollars. I have a really stupid dollars. question yeah. that if I'm, uh, I'm a food professional, it's yeah. going to make me sound ignorant, but um, I know there's... 90% of the people out there don't know the answer to this. On brie, that's the really <laughs> soft cheese on the inside, and you've got that briny shell on the outside. Yeah. Do, do you That remove, flowery, bloomy. Yeah. Yeah. So that out that outside shell of it, do you put that in there? Absolutely. We just we just took that wheel of brie and cut it in half, okay. and then we cut it into like quarter-inch thick slices. Okay. And yeah, you don't remove that. That's edible. Okay. You want to eat that. If it was a wash rind cheese like a Munster or something like that, okay. you don't want to eat it. But on those breeze, absolutely. That's part of the characteristics and part of okay. it. So you don't want to cut that off. How does that sandwich sound to you, Toby? I'm ready. Turkey, brie, and apricot mustard sandwich. I am ready. Yeah, bring it on. All right. Now. Uh, okay, we'll talk about this afterwards. <laughs> I mean, afterwards, you know. Uh, no, uh, no, that's. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I just okay. want the details oh, so yeah. I, can, I can execute that was, it correctly. That was one of those. The other uh, was the basil pesto chicken salad. Okay. You know, and that was that was one of those yeah. that was up there, too, that was special yeah. and unique and different. Okay. And that's, and that's not uncommon anymore. I mean, uh, you know, no, you see more and more of these, oh, but yeah. these were the things that back then people, right. were, I remember our, the tuna and white bean salad in the prepared foods case. Oh, and yeah. we made a sandwich with that too, oh, yeah. but people were like white beans and the juice out. Well, I mean, in Italy, that was not unique. All right. So, so I, so I will, it'll probably take me a week to get this tested and get it done correctly. But the yeah. turkey brie and apricot mustard sandwich, I will do yeah. that. What else can you think of sandwich wise that? Well, like I said, the the basil pesto chicken salad, but the and you're you're known for your BLTs, but yeah. we did that honey brined bacon, yeah, where we actually glazed the bacon yeah. with honey and yeah. then did the BLTs. I mean, that was that was bonkers, but and you know the Italian hero, which you just couldn't beat, but we would toast that in the you oven know, I've, and warm I've been everything up in the capicola and oh. well, the the bacon. I my my the bacon I buy is better than the regular bacon you guys mm -hmm. used to have. But that, but but glazing that, I've been tempted to do that and make a different sandwich. It is, it would change your life. It's just, it's one of those where it's just the extra step. And like you said, hey, people you will pay for it. put a little bit, a little bit of it. cayenne on it or just straight honey? No, just just honey. Just brushed it with honey and back okay. into the oven so that it would how, know, how does get that sound on a salmon? On, there, on salmon. I was going to suggest that for Toby. That, that would maybe bacon. make it a little better. <laughs> Robert, shut up. And we have Susan. Good morning, Susan. Welcome to Kansas City Food oh, Memories. Hi, thanks so much for doing this topic. I was a barista at Gina DeLuca ages ago, and I loved it. So it's great to hear Josh's voice again and have this topic on today. Well, Josh, are it, what, you still in the food industry? I, yes, I am. I am, actually. I, would, uh, I, I don't think I'd ever get out of, of being in food. It's just too much fun. You know, there's a lot of passion, and, and it's, uh, it's a comfortable space for me. Is there a place in Kansas City where we can find you again, or maybe? <laughs> Look me up on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I've become a little more behind the scenes and worked in sales and things now, so uh -huh. spent some time selling uh, pork for Seaboard Foods and working in the barbecue space. So I was out there with the you know Joes and Slaps and Jack Stacks of the world, selling them product and in their kitchens and working with them and and traveling around. So yeah. Awesome. 
Well, I'm so glad that I have Dean and DeLuca as part of my history. It was a blast to be there when it was busy. So. Well, we were we were lucky to have you for sure. It's it, again, it's it's a it's quite the alumni with all the memories and and all of that. I I love catching up with the folks that we used to work with. Uh, I miss it, but do you guys ever get so together? For all you did. Um, there's some folks that do, and there it's funny because there's a there's a little group that we have on Facebook that a couple of folks put together a number of years ago, and they've been threatening a reunion for a long time. Uh, and I I always say, hey, I'm in. Just let me know when and yeah. where. And I don't know that everything really gets together, but there's a lot of folks in that group. And every once in a while, an old memory will pop up, and somebody will comment, and it'll bring it to yeah. the top of the feed, and then it shoots it down. And oh, well, I mean, we've got a couple of those posts that have well, you know, hundreds you, of comments. Yeah, from, I'd invite you guys to come to us, but I don't have any booze. <laughs> so I don't know how, how well that worked. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, there are several people. I, Jeremiah, I'd love to see him again. Yeah. Rick. Yeah, Rick's, Rick's retired. I just texted with him a few weeks ago. We were talking about getting together for lunch, but he was heading out of town traveling. He's he's uh, he's traveling around, and they love to ride bikes and hike and, and do all that sort of stuff. They've always been pretty adventurous. But well, I think Jeremiah is in town here somewhere. Okay. I can get you connected with yeah. him. Yeah, so um, Sherry just texted in <laughs> asking, uh, do you do any cooking classes? I do not. I did. You know, I, I taught at the... Uh, uh, Culinary Center of Kansas City in downtown Overland Park right. for a bunch of years when the kids were little, and I had a little more free time. And uh, so, if there's one thing that you could do, I a would class, do it again. Yeah, I, like, I, so I you, loved it. Okay, so if you came to my place and just did a class, what what is the one thing that you would want to teach people how to do at home? My, I think my favorite thing to teach and that I that was good was Spanish tapas because there's so much concentration on all the cured meats and the olives and the cheeses mm-hmm. and you can go down so many rabbit holes yeah. and it's just little bites so you get to cover so much ground in a short period of time and taste so many different things and i think that's that's probably where i would go i'd probably focus on spain in small bites okay would you would you like to do something like that? Oh, we can talk about it. Okay. Well, Ed Holland, you know, working out the I details. I always get asked to teach the class. Yeah. But, you know, um, Ed Holland, he's going to um, – we still haven't worked out, found a date that works for all of us. But Ed Holland – and you know Ed. Um, he's going to bring a son and his grandson – who I think his grandson was, what, 12? And teach how to do the um, table-side uh, Caesar salad. Oh, that's They all so know how to fun. do that. I mean, that was – Awesome. Uh, it, it was awesome. You know, because the, the, I love the Caesar salad from um, EDT. And from scratch. On, yes. With oh, yeah. everything and oh, yeah. working with the bowl. It's such yeah. theater. It's it's oh, yeah. such an art. It's so much fun to watch. I, I still get it at Jasper's. But yeah. I, mean, I don't know anybody else who does that. So, you know, we make a Caesar salad, but I, I, I try to do it so it tastes similar to both of those two. Yeah. I mean, those, to me, that was, the, they're the, the ultimate in Caesar like salads. Like that proper yeah. tang. Oh, yeah. Just, and, and. To create the balance between yeah. all of those, yeah. fl- it's funny when you think about the ingredients, oh, right? Yeah. And you go, no, 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 but yeah. all to- oh. And it's and um, Ed, um, we're gonna we'll get it scheduled sometime. But he wants to when he's going to do the class and show everybody that you know I'll, I'll have three generations of Hollands that are going to do that. But we got a lot to see the simplicity of it. You know that you can do this at home. Well, and I think that people lack confidence because yeah. there's so much that they don't know, but it's easy to find. And basic knife skills are not that hard. Yeah. And I, I, and again, all it's great, all these meal services that are yeah. out there and all yeah. that. 
I'm like, learning how to shop is a life skill. Learning how to buy groceries and buy the right things and then actually planning a menu, planning a meal, prepping that food and doing it in a timely fashion. It doesn't have to take days and weeks to do this stuff, right? Yeah. But with those basic skills. And I, it's unfortunate that people have, have lost the confidence or the interest, right? Yeah. And that's my wife. It's a chore. She doesn't enjoy doing it. She will. So she'll cook to get herself fed. Whereas for me, it's a it's a way yeah. to relax and, yeah. and unwind. To her, she sees it as a chore. She can do it. She has the skills. It's not a yeah. problem. Yeah. But it's not her passion. She doesn't yeah. want to do it. She's got other things she would prefer to spend her time on. All right. So we only have a few minutes left. Um, fast hour, isn't it? it yeah, you so thought fast. it was just half. All right. So it's been I'm, very slow for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no nothing here to eat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No well, samples. You had seven of those cookies. <laughs> You should be okay be careful, for right be now. Careful. All right, so when you agreed to come on the show with me, yeah. and thank you very much, um, I bet you didn't realize you're going to have so much home. You're leaving the show with homework. Oh, I don't mind homework. Because it, so so I regularly find myself volunteering. So Toby and, and I, wondering. Toby and I, along with the thousands of listeners out there, are counting on you to to introduce me to Thomas Shaw. Yep, I texted him. Okay. I texted him when we were talking earlier. So you know, that would you say that cheeseburger? What was that? That soup? cheeseburger soup. Cheeseburger yeah. soup. Like bacon what cheeseburger soup. I mean, there were so many. There was a, the sausage and cabbage was probably one of the better sellers. Also. Really? Yeah. And you. you I'm not a cabbage who person, but thought, I'll try it. Right? But grilled, yeah, sausage all chopped up and, the, and just the way this, the cabbage would kind of render out and still be a little bit al dente. Oh, man. It was so oh, you good like with that the idea fennel, too, Toby? with the fennel in there. Yeah. Okay. So far, I've liked everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's tried and true. So mm-hmm. the the sandwich, I wonder what details and on then that. And the so clam, that. I mean, clam chowder obviously was a crowd favorite all yeah. the time. But you know, that's, that's not like that's in, all that in, unique in the or winter special. time. That's my number one selling soup. Yeah. Was my clam chowder. I always like the Manhattan clam chowder with the tomato. Yeah. And that was that, you know that was one of those that people here went. What are you doing? Yeah. And you had to explain and, and kind of teach how, that. How many different soups did you here. sell in any given day? Uh, we had, you know, we started off with four, but it grew to six and then yeah. eight because there was just so much demand and people wanted so many different things. Yeah. So. Okay. So we'll get to work on that. Then um, get a hold of Rick and Jeremiah. Yeah, to, absolutely. Live with them a little bit. But sure. You know, probably half hour after the show, it's going to hit you a couple sandwiches. That, that I've got to do, but the the, the turkey brie. That'll be ready next ap- week. Apricot, apricot mustard. mustard. No, next I'm, week. I'm doing my um, virtual salad bar first. Okay. So I don't want so to. F- I'm going to come check weeks. that out. No, that's 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 going to be fun. Okay. We'll be able to do on that one. So all the listeners out there, appreciate you uh, following us today. If you happen to have uh, feedback or a lead on somebody that worked at one of these amazing famous restaurants. Shoot me an email if you can, Robert at makethemsmile.com, or just come on the come by the bakery. Uh, we're there Monday through Friday, um, eight o'clock till five o'clock. Kitchen's open till three, and or Saturdays until two. Come on in. We'll sit down, uh, share some of your stories, and give me some of your leads. Now, just a FYI, we, the Best Regards Bakery will be closed on Monday and Tuesday. Sherry, Happy vacation. Well, thank you. Sherry and I are taking our first two-day vacation in 30 years. Yes. So we got to have some work done to the back of the house. And so um, well, that's going to be good. Gonna take... You saved up for a long time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so that that'll be good. But uh, come on by after Tuesday, and then um, I'd love to sit down and talk to you a little bit. 
I picked up a bunch of good leads. Yeah. What do you think, Toby? Very hungry show. Yeah, very hungry show. Yeah, yeah. Loved good. it. Well, Josh, thank you very much yeah. for coming in. Thanks good. for inviting me. I've and been, that's it. Have a great weekend. Bye. This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.